0: We are not heroes, nor are we villains, neither
1: kings nor magicians, but we can tell you their stories. We are the Lore Keepers, and we welcome you to Halloway. Welcome to Howlume. You are tuned into Lore Keepers, a podcast devoted to chronicling the serialized world building of a sprawling tapestry of interwoven lore. I'm not going to do it again. I'm Frank. I'm Carter. And this season is serialized, so it's a grab bag. Well, no, it's not. I mean, it kind of is. But really, you've tuned into first, second, second, maybe episode of are we considering the series episodes where it's an intro to be like, Episode one or
0: episode zero? The 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 intro to the series is episode one.
1: OK, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. Uh, that's series. This, so this is a uh, series episode two on uh, the scars of divinity. Um, so sit <laughs> back, <laughs> close your eyes and let our audio tingling gateway. Our, our audio tingling. <laughs> Our tingling audio Ooh. gateway sweep you into the realms of Ralph Bakshi's Halloumé.
0: This week we're talking about Fritz the Cat, the famous X-rated film. Uh but if you want if you want more on that, you gotta go to the Amble. Maybe,
1: uh, you know, normally I say you should check out the Amble. Maybe this time give it a pass.
0: It's it's things get weird. We talked about pretty, a horny it's cat. Short.
1: It's it's pretty short.
0: And what's actually going on this week is we're talking about the time when that city got destroyed by that dawn and everyone was happy about it
1: <laughs> all right yeah so this is a this is a continuation of um you know what we started last week which is we are doing a small series on the scars of divinity um so you know we spent an entire season season 4 talking specifically about everything and anything related to the gods but this one's going to be a little bit more focused and so for our first episode um we're looking at as uh, as carter mentioned uh he came up with the idea in the last episode of what if you know uh, so often people are experiencing scars is like this traumatic thing right and you you compared it to a drone strike on a fucking wedding which is like not necessarily the worst lens through which to uh, you know think of a lot of like the 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 god's activity on Halame. like there is a level of like you are so zoomed out you couldn't possibly hope to like have a human engagement here yeah they're not all like that and i think the premise is very interesting so let's let's start to do some table setting here what what do you think we need to talk about this one
0: what 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 do we need to talk about it
1: yeah, I mean, I don't think we need to go in a ton of history. Like, I mean, we could start with this. The Solars uh, are not Solars, the Dons, they're Dons. Dons. The Dons. Get,
0: get that fucking OGL language out of here.
1: I mean, hey, did you see the updated OGL? It sounds like they're just like, okay, we give up. We're
0: sorry. We're nope, sorry, nope. please. That's just them. That's them trying to just say, okay, well, this is the new OGL, and we promise we're not going to revoke this one, and we're not going to change it yeah, too then much. Yeah, and they just
1: quietly change it another few years Bingo.
0: from now. Yeah. Um,
1: no, I, yeah, the Dawns. They are called Dawns. They're basically like an archangel. It's been a while since we kind of really got into them, and I feel like we have had a little bit of an idea of what they are. But I mean, what what are they? Are they basically just a more powerful version of an angel? Is there anything that sets them apart that makes them unique?
0: Uh, I think they are, yeah, incredibly powerful angels that are direct servants of the regents that are probably uh explicitly martial it's not that they can't do anything else but it's like they're kitted out to kill Hmm. like demons and devils
1: one of the things we talked about at one point was this is going way way back and this is about how recent i remember us really talking about anything on a sort of structural level about this the, the dawns dawns is that if there are 20 of them maybe it's each region gets two and then there is a another two that are sort of like roaming or something i don't know if we want to stick to that i don't know if there are only 20 dawns i think i like the idea of there being a relatively discrete number of them like a number you can point at and say it's a crowd but it's not like you know without number you know it's not like thousands or something
0: yeah and and you know i say more killy but obviously like pasha's uh the region to peace is the ones that serve them or him are certainly not going to be killy right they're not going to be about fighting they're not going to be that kind of stuff well, um, I don't know if a lot of them have to be killy. I think yeah, that
1: I, it's kind of however the regions choose to use them.
0: Yes, they I think would, a lot of them
1: probably do use them in that in that form.
0: Bringing about more, uh, bringing back something we've talked about previously, which I have completely aped from Branderson. Uh, the angels all have a kind of innate investiture of divine power, and the Dons have the greatest of any angel. Right.
1: Can the Dawns die like normal angels, or is this the whole thing that has to do with the Dusks? Uh,
0: can normal angels die?
1: I mean, they can be destroyed, and then their energies sort of get reconstituted, like you were talking about, sort of an Oversoul thing, right? I think the way that I have under- I've thought about it is, even before, like, last episode, um, is that there is a... We-, we know that there's these banners, right? The animus, you know, this is maybe a little esoteric and, and, and odd uh, as far as pictures go, but just go with it. The animus sort of, which, which are the bodies of the divine realms, they're sort of these semi-conscious, you know, titanic entities that are basically if the landscape itself was just quietly just a little bit conscious. They produce banners. And... From that banner, I think we talked about like the the cloaks or garments of a House of Legion would be fashioned. And once that banner had basically run out of cloth, then that would be when the last of those angels would be formed. And so there is this sort of inherent timeline where you can sort of track the the need or necessity that an Mm animus determines for uh, a House of Legion based on how many more reincarnations you could fashion clothes for and like all of this imagery is kind of goofy right like i realize that i i think maybe this is more like kind of in-world folklore than it is necessarily factual but i feel like i guess what i'm trying to get at is that i think that there is some kind of reincarnation i'm imagining that it's within a house so like this the energies that make up a normal angel get scattered and then, maybe reabsorbed somehow into the ethereum, uh and then those same energies are then collected and used to sort of uh uh pour out the form of another spirit, um like you know, bring it into being as a new angel um, who then is you know given the vestments of their of their house and i'm i'm I was kind of imagining I think that these houses almost act as like a resonance, and that the Energies of a specific house will probably are most likely to return to the house from which it came. Other houses are going to receive back their dead as well. So it's not like all angels are all just returning to a giant bucket. It's more like their energies are, you know, going house to house specifically. And then when that runs out, then there's no more a receptacle for it. And then, you know, the kind of the energies disperse back into the ethereum in general or something like that i don't know this is kind of just the ideas i think that have been floating in my head for a long time now. okay i, I think so i haven't so, really I think, done anything with it
0: i think dons are different i think dons are probably more like like archdevils in that if you defeat them on the materium uh you defeat their body and their spirit is basically banished back to the mm. ethereum
1: So, like, the only way to destroy a a Dawn would be to actually go into the Ethereum and destroy them there.
0: Which would be an incredible feat of power. Absolutely,
1: yeah. And I think this is kind of where the idea of the dust came from, right? Is like, if you don't kill the Dawn, maybe you can corrupt it, right? And then it remains corrupted, even though it's technically still, like, hooked into the Ethereum. It's on the other end. Those energies get bunched up and weirded and, you know, it can be used for somebody else's ends.
0: And I I definitely think that the Dusks are a byproduct of the Ash Curse in a very important way. Like, I don't think a Dusk can be created anymore without, like, the direct involvement of one... More than one of the mutes. Like, I think it's possible if all, if Mm. like several of the Mm -hmm. mutes worked in concert, but that's not going to happen. Question
1: Are you thinking that there used to be more than 20 dawns, or, and I think this is maybe more interesting to me, that there have only ever been 20 dawns and there will only ever be 20 dawns and a couple some a handful of of the dons that were once subservient to a regent or committed to you know whatever this like regentless version is are now dusks who are working against those odds and like against those means
0: i think that there is a cap i think that there um there haven't been any more i think that there's a legend uh, which even the gods may not know the truth of this, which is if a dusk is destroyed wholly, a new dawn will come about.
1: Mm, I like that idea, actually. I like that as being a legend, whether yeah. it's true or not. And I think this then becomes really fun because you can imagine a situation where, first of all, I like the fact that it creates an imbalance. This is one of those things that I do enjoy intentionally unbalancing, even if it's um, not tessellated, even if there's symmetry. Right. Like you have the nine divine realms, the seven essential planes all told, though, they still have kind of a symmetry if you map them out on a cosmological map. But I like the idea. But even in that, I I guess what I was saying is that there is an imbalance because there's nine divine realms and seven essential realms, whereas like in other, you know, uh, uh, settings, there might be eight and eight. I like the idea that there's maybe six-ish, probably not more than six. I feel like anything more than that. Maybe it's only like four or even three, but like it's such a dire thing to even have one be a bad thing that like these are beings that the uh, Ethereum is constantly charting and I'm imagining during, like, the wars of heaven over, over history, a lot of campaigns have fought over just trying to get at a dusk and stop them or destroy them. Yes. Okay, so let's bring it back to our actual lens here. We're talking about the city, and a sola... <laughs> Man, um. A dawn is saving the city by destroying people. We got a real, you know, like, Avengers Battle of New York kind of vibe going on, except what if New York wasn't there anymore? First of all, like let's let's kind of establish some groundwork. Things to think about: What is the dawn fighting? Why are they fighting it? Why do they need it to, uh, to be in this city? When is this taking place? Like uh, in time? Who are the people that are associated with it? Like the actors, the individuals? Um, is this a culmination of this? Is this an inciting incident? Um, are we in an era of high fantasy where there's like divine activity is happening all the time, or is this like a time when there's a lot less of it, and so then it's a, you know, kind of more, like, even more strange and surreal. Um, is it the forces of the absentium that they're going against, or are they going against something else? I don't know. Where, where, it, When this all came to your mind, Carter, What were, was there anything in specific that you felt like you could answer any of these questions with?
0: Yes. Uh, okay. My first instinct was Tertius, even Tertius is when it occurred. However, I'm kind of leaning towards Quartus. Could you tell me re- where when did the blinding of the stars happen? The second category. So the
1: blinding the blinding of the stars is sort of was that misnomer thing that happens uh as an interstitial point between Avum Tertius and Cordus, where that's that period where the um the aspects depart from the sky, right? And they yeah. like dis- the stars disappear, people freak the fuck out at the same time aberrations are roving over the world and also i think we discovered recently that there's sort of a not exactly like earthbender or like avatar the last airbender thing going on but a magic works fundamentally differently for maybe a generation or two because uh the laws of magic are not really being monitored anymore by the abstracts who vacated their their premises and as a result, things get fucked up. That's kind of the... I'm, I'm mostly just casting yeah. that for, uh, for the listener to catch them up on what Carter's talking about here. But yeah.
0: I think it might be during that time. An interstitial okay. time. We rarely do okay. this, so I think we should. And it's an aberration they're fighting. I wanted to... Again, my first instinct was, let's make it a big devil lord, a big sexy you know, succubus or something. And I'm like, no, no, no. Let's make it a giant like fucking Cthulhu monster. That sounds fun. Okay, I'm
1: totally into that. Why is it happening in this city? And do we, I mean, like, okay, the important thing is, is that it is something that is highly treasured to the people. This is a real, like, material destruction for the people that this dawn is saving. I guess it doesn't have to be a city, but if it's not a city, like, I don't know what, you know, what what it would be, but this is, like, such an enormous effect that, like, their lives are basically destitute barring, you know, additional help or whatever. But, like, you know, in the moment, there's, like, well, you know, we are going to have to recover from this.
0: Uh, I, I'm thinking, let's make it, like, but a port still great- city. And I was, like, maybe there's, like, an incredibly beautiful lighthouse. And okay. that gets absolutely destroyed by Kraken-turned-bipedal Cthulhu monster.
1: I think, I think not just the... I, I mean, is it the entire city laid flat, or is it just the like, no, no? The no. It's district? like it's like
0: the the beautiful waterfront district, and like yeah,
1: okay. I it's think like it's more than just lot. that. I think, or here's what I'll say: I think it can just be the the port district, but there has to be something singular, special about what makes the port district uh like make this entire city tick. Where even if they're oh, yeah. It's not just that people have died and that they like they can't receive ships anymore or like the coastline is fucked or the there was maybe some magical implement that was crucial to what was happening here. To help the people and it no longer works anymore. Something like that. Wait,
0: Frank, I have I have a contrasting idea. I'm okay. going to scrap everything I've just said because this is such a good idea. OK. Go ahead. In Child of Five, in that campaign, do you remember we visited a city?
1: I mean, I do remember that we visited a city at some point. During it was, Child a, it of was five. a big,
0: yeah, there was it a was a of... big, like, stri- stri- striated society where the elves lived on top of the non-elves. What was mm-hmm. it called? Like, Kalis? and... Was...
1: Ketalura. Oh, that Ketelura. wasn't in Child of Five, though. Ketalura was the city um, in... That campaign where I was trying to like mush together oh, right. the Storm yes. Giant's Thunder and it was it you and Rachel find, playing, sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. K- That's why I was confused. But Ketalura, yes, which is definitely like a big fucking city that is a has been has stuck around. it You know, it it lives longer than other cities in the same way that Imperial Elves live longer than
0: others. People. All right, all right. I have a suggestion. then. Okay, Kael'tuura is the place. It gets absolutely fucked up. The, like, cloud top district, the, like, top bit, and, like, a good portion of the bottom bit, because the top bit collapses in the bottom bit, absolutely gets fucked up. And the, like, the lesson we all learn that everyone's happy about is that it leads to fundamental change in how the city is structured, such that it is less dry
1: Yeah, I mean, I could go with something like that. I'm almost more curious about the, uh, the people want to go back to the port just... one? ganked with the no monsters? no i mean i'm i'm into it i think i think that that's good also because we can do fun stuff with like other forms of travel that don't have to do with uh water and i'm not necessarily just saying airships because i don't know if there's much if any airship travel that's happening in avum tertius i haven't really decided on that one yet. frank think we're really all depends.
0: about oh, oh i'm losing it uh dirigibles there you go boom dirigibles right
1: I mean, it it could be that, but it also could just be like, you know, we've talked about latch barges in the past. There's other forms of overland travel that still work as like a kind of mass shipping that is relatively economically viable, if not for, you know, other people's like pilgrims or whatever. I'm down with doing Ketalura. I also could totally do this port city. Honestly, I'll let you decide because I feel like either could be really interesting. I kind of want to know more about this port city, though.
0: I kind of want to know more about Port City as well. Okay, Cage Laura, something else happens to it. We can talk about it later.
1: Yeah, well, par- partially because I kind of want to hold it back as, like, the rich don't necessarily always see justice, right? Like,
0: I-, I think that that doesn't happen a bunch. And Oh, I mean, like, the rich still have all the power, but it's just, like, it's a little bit less racist.
1: Maybe. We can definitely come back around to that one. I yeah. like this port city, though. I okay, want to know more about it. Street. I think so, there's something monster, about this lighthouse. The
0: Dawn. We have this incredible, be- incredibly beautiful waterfront district. Think New Orleans and like Bourbon
1: Oh, Strait. you're talking about, okay. I, I was just thinking like, I don't know, they got some docks.
0: No, no, no. No, like famous port, super important, maybe for trade in the local area. And okay. like, like, maybe like this is the port for the kingdom or like the nation it's in. And it gets, like, absolutely fucked. All of these beautiful old buildings that were built there right in the beginnings of the port, flooded, sure. destroyed, stepped on, because mm-hmm. we're having this kaiju battle. Yeah, and it's not just, like,
1: it's not just the trade and the, like, the places where ships are docking. You're saying it's, like, the nice parts of town. It's not just where their money is coming in, but also where the money is being spent.
0: Yeah, but also like um, the downtown. Like this is where, um, sure, this is where all the famous buildings are. This is where the culture is of the town. Mm-hmm. And so, like maybe it's not like the rich neighborhoods, but it's like this is the fancy bars. This is the the like sure. world famous oyster, you know, crockery or whatever the fuck an oyster bar is called <laughs> in this time.
1: So it's we've we've established that they definitely have had their livelihoods smushed, right? Um, yeah. Maybe there's... Like there was
0: like the, the the premier gooey duck chef is has seen all of his uh, like hopes of a restaurant go up in flames.
1: Sure, of course.
0: Do you know about gooey ducks?
1: No, I have no idea what a gooey duck is. I I'm thought you just made it up in the moment for like a Halloween.
0: I'm gonna send you a picture. It's fucked. I hope you're ready, Frank.
1: i yeah, probably not. Oh, yeah, it's the snail that looks like a dick, right?
0: It's not a snail. It's a bivalve. It's a like bivalve. an oyster. Sure. But yes, it looks like a fucking penis. Yeah. If anyone if uh, anyone wants to Google it, it's G.E.O. Duck. But it's pretty.
1: I remember that you had told me about this before, and it had just been forever ago. Yeah.
0: So yes, gooey ducks are canon in Halimeh now. It
1: was definitely during Padasati. Somewhere in there, you brought up gooey ducks because it's like, uh, you know, related to the whole, like, it's a port city type thing.
0: Yeah, every port city in Halimeh has gooey ducks.
1: We need to we need to get focused back on, on, on track here. We've, we don't have a ton of time, <laughs> and we've barely even talked about this this confrontation. So, okay, what makes this more than just a thing that happened, right? So we have a Solar... Battles a Cthulhu
0: monster. No, Adon, right? like, Frank.
1: Adon, and they a Frank, a dawn, and the battle of the Cthulhu monster, and like the the city gets fucked up. The people are still happy though because the solar saved them. Yay! End of story. Question mark. And and why? Like 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 is the end of the yeah. story? Why are they happy? Why are we talking about this right now? Why is this more than just a generic thing that happened that we could loosely gesture at?
0: I agree. We need, to, we need to get some ideas here. So, what if there is some after effect of the battle that makes it even more famous? Something that, like, not necessarily across pilgrimages, but something like something happened to the harbor itself to make it unique.
1: I think, I think it would be good... So, in conjunction with what you're saying about like what happened to the harbor and stuff, I think we could use this as a a way of maybe understanding what happens during the second casualty. Like the blinding of the stars, the second casualty, there's a, uh, you know, two names for the same thing. Um, people called it the sexual- second casualty because they were afraid that it was basically the Ashkris happening all over it. Right. Um, cause at that point, nobody remembers what the Ashkris was actually about. It's just like, this is a worldwide calamity. That's really bad. And there's aberrations everywhere. Oh my God is the nameless one coming back. Yep. Yeah. Is so so there is it's about not quite 100 years that this lasts. Magic is fucked. Um, I think we even played with the idea that like magicians are dying, although I don't think it's a magical disease. I seem to remember it was more just their magic wasn't working anymore and they were kind of like losing their access to magic uh, in general as a person, not just to be able to cast spells like their their access to the abstracts was going away we have people who have this kind of airbender waterbender kind of thing going on where they associate with just a specific abstract and can channel that into unique kinds of, uh, magical abilities. And I think we said, we, we played with the idea that it was one ninth of one ninth of all people, but it was like very specifically that number yeah. that we're experiencing it. And you have aberrations flooding the world. So already we have a time of crisis. Uh, in the last like couple of decades, people have had to really pivot everything that they are about to prevent these aberrant attacks. Now, a couple of things to think about here. One, I think at this point, the gods have been not absent, but they're a lot more quiet right there's still more interactions than you see basically during any other age but in comparison to like early avum tertius middle avum tertius like the early and middle period have tons of divine interaction wars happening all the time people talking to the gods gods talking to people this like during late period that's not really what's happening faith is still something where you might have a vision or engage with an angel or whatever but it's more like something showing up in a bible story where that person is a unique individual among your people, or maybe has this vision or whatever, and that makes them different, not just for you, but for generations of stories being told. Whereas before, like, kind of everybody had interactions with divinity, right? So all of that is kind of our context here. What does this event tell us about the second casualty and about the scars of divinity? And, um, yeah.
0: I think it tells us, like, just how Dire, some, some situations were that like a solo, a dawn had to be involved with. Like, there's a giant aberration. Like, this has never happened before. There's never been like aberrations of this many or of this size or of this power potency coming through. Why is this
1: dawn here? Why not just angels, right? Like, this dawn is here for a specific reason. I don't think it's just because this aberrant is really powerful because I'm sure that there's other aberrants. I don't feel like. This Cthulhu esque monster is necessarily that much bigger or more dangerous than any of the other ones. Was it trying to get to a specific thing that was in the city? Was it trying to get at a person? Was it just causing great havoc, but like these people had a unique relationship with the Dawn?
0: So this is, this is, is, we we need to find this out. And I don't know exactly what. I don't think the. Aberration itself was guided. I don't think it had a mission. I think it was just destroy. I don't think it can, like, its thoughts we can't know. Um, yeah. But why is the Dawn there? What is the Dawn protecting? Is the Dawn protecting the city? Is the Dawn protecting a person? Is the Dawn protecting an item? Is the Dawn there because the, there's some foresight that one of the regions had that was like, we need this mm-hmm. thing to not utterly destroy the city, or we need this thing to not kill this person because they will yeah. do things that are important, or whatever.
1: Maybe this, is a, maybe this is sort of a foresight from the regent does not necessarily deign to tell the dawn or these aberrations why this is so important for them to protect the city. I think we, we need to have a little bit more than that to go off of, right? Mm-hmm. Than just saying, oh, well, because of mysterious reasons, right? That's right. interesting, but like also, I think maybe it could be more like there's an individual... That is in harm's way, and the there's something about reality that like hinges on this individual surviving, or something, for a for a, maybe not reality itself, but like something that the the regents are planning.
0: Do we want to fucking dish out the dosimai here? Not the dosimai. Um, the what are they called? The star people.
1: Oh, the the Dindir?
0: Could there be some dingier here that that's very around? possible,
1: I think that that could be an interesting element yeah the the dingier uh, what Carter's referring to is like basically when the abstracts, who are sort of are these governors of the patterns of reality, come back into the world, they take on these sort of cosmic looking forms, it's almost like they're clothed in in you know stars and space and stuff itself I think that could make a lot of sense um the dingier are now here in spades i think they've pretty much every one of them that was going to come has already come through i don't remember if we said that the this second casualty was or i guess really the blinding of the stars was happening over a course of that hundred ish years or if it was something that happened only in the first few decades but i do think that there's a dingier here at least one
0: and I think I think the the hmm. the a big thing is maybe the aberration isn't here for the dingier, but there's this calculation that was done, which is like we don't know what happens if a dingier gets like fucking annihilated by an aberration, right a being of like twisted existence such that it doesn't truly ex- exist or isn't supposed to exist, and we don't want that to happen like we that could just like absolutely fuck the rule of the cosmos and we can't let that happen i have an idea okay
1: maybe the dawn wasn't there to stop the aberration at all Ooh, maybe during this time the aberrations are more like it's like where is it coming from right it's obviously some of them are arising out of the ocean some of them are coming from this like the you know that deep still open wound of you know, where Fennecil will crash into the world, but not all of them. I think at this point, part of the issue of the the Blinding of the Stars is that reality distributed everywhere kind of has this threat of, like, maws opening into the howling void, and, like, it's not just stuff coming from outside the city. City walls aren't necessarily going to save you if in your own fucking house part of the wall tears open and half the doorway and out comes a, you know, a, a beholder I think that that could m- maybe still happen during the second casualty. And so yeah. maybe this aberration just kind of shows up in the midst of a Dingier being hunted by a Dawn. Because the thing is, is that the gods don't really know. They weren't very much informed at all about what's going on with the Dingier. And so I have always kind of thought it being like they're scared shitless of these things. They don't know what's going on, they can clearly map their presence to the fact that reality is getting fucking messed up and falling apart, maybe the Dawn was actually here to hunt the dingier and we could do, like, a super cool team-up thing where, like, the two of them stop fighting each other for long enough to, like, stop the aberration who's going to kill a bunch of people and maybe learn a little bit of a lesson about friendship and that, you know, we aren't so different after all or something, you know? Yeah, exactly, like, I mean, not to make it too corny, but, like, legitimately there is something to be said about, like... Coming to see a little bit more eye to eye, or maybe this dawn, maybe the dingier saves its life or something, and the dawn, like, vows to not harm it further, or after the aberration is is killed, like, the dingier accepts their fate, and is it is attacked again by the dawn, and the dawn destroys him or something.
0: I, I, I feel like the, the Dawn isn't tasked with the destruction of the Dingier, but rather it's like to bring the dingir before the Regent so they can be like, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you?
1: What if the Dawn never comes back? The gods don't know what happened to it. Headcanon, what if in seeking to lay hands on the dingir, the two things get merged somehow and they become like the some
0: weird
1: other being?
0: A donjir. A a
1: donjir. I can't believe you went with dinjong first.
0: (laughs) It's like, uh, it's like that, um, what's that (laughs) (coughs) name for Domino's?
1: Mahjong? Yeah. Dinjong? Oh my god. (laughs) A donjir or whatever. I mean, that's also terrible. But like, I'm not saying we need to do that. I don't know if I love that idea, but it, it could be interesting of, of there's maybe... Or maybe, like, they actually... I mean, hell, we could do this. Maybe they fall in love. You know? Maybe Ooh. they fall in love with each other, you know? For and uh, and then go and fight the world together. They literally, like... The Dawn sees thing from the dingier's perspective, or maybe the dingier is seduced by, like, you know, the glory of heaven or whatever, and forsakes, you know, whatever they were up to.
0: I don't know how I feel about Cthulhu love story. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> the weird <laughs> crossing a lot of wires here
1: we, i mean i definitely am i'm just playing i'm just playing in the space i'm imagining not a like story. lethal
0: weapon except like fucking but what if they, they fucked yeah what if they fucked in the end <laughs> what if they're like uh three days from retirement oh but over retire no any day oh my
1: god um well i think i think at the least i like this idea of the dawn's not being sent like the aberrations are bad, but that's not why you send a dawn. You send a dawn for surgical work, right? To perform surgery on a specific part of the world that is busted. They might lead a force, right? Sometimes you need to do like, you know, really quick ER work or whatever, and you have to like just seal a wound closed. But like that's what you have the Houses of Legion for you know, is to do that work. A dawn is when you need to do one specific task and guarantee its success.
0: All right, Frank, I'm going to, I'm going to make a claim and you can dispute it if you like. Okay, but sure. I think we need to move on to like how the city feels about this and why they're happy about it.
1: Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I had completely forgotten about that. Okay. So, so I mean, no, my claim yeah. is, no, yeah, go for it. This go
0: happens. For it. Um, the dawn, uh, is sent there to capture the ginger, uh, this thing happens maybe they join forces maybe they don't uh, i'm i'm not super i don't care about that but the dawn fights it off destroys it, whatever it is the city gets you know par- partially in ruins and they return empty-handed to their regent and this is like the only time that a dawn in recent memory has ever failed in a task and it's seen as like a massive failure by the regions but by the people of the city it's like they're the gods really care about us. They sent down the greatest of all angels to defeat this mm-hmm. terrible monster menacing us.
1: Whoever the regent is of that of that dawn, the people sanctify and like devote the entire city because there's not a single soul among them who didn't see this and this 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 being like gleaming with the power of blank regent right. And like, I think that they maybe devote their lives to honoring this one specific regent and it becomes like a tradition that outlasts even the second casualty and maybe even into Avum Cortis.
0: Maybe this is like the preeminent city of this regent's adoration. And right, maybe the, like an incredibly beautiful temple is built in the ruins of the Harbor District that is yeah. like incredibly well known. And this is the kind of like, this is why it's seen as a good thing is because it was this like saving in the city, even though it was partly destroyed. Yes. And
1: even even into Avon Pentis thousands of years later, though, the stories have somewhat faded into myth and there's all sorts of kind of, uh, you know, holy scripture that's been written and like broken and stories are lost during Avon Tur- uh, Quartus and stuff. But there is. It is it is such a cultural phenomenon that at least regionally it is sometimes referred to as the sixth mecca that is completely not part of like where these other it's not, you know, it's not geographically part, part, nearby. Yeah, it isn't geographically near the other. There are there are five meccas if you if you're new to the, the podcast. Hi, welcome. That are all like relatively closely located to each other. And like, yeah, the sixth one is not really a mecca. And it's just to like this one uh, region. But it is such a honored and like, devoted people on a ring and devoted people to this region that it, like, shines bright even amongst, like, all the other stuff that's happening in the world. I like that. I like that idea quite a bit. Okay. I I have a couple of questions, but I wanted to see if there's other places that you wanted to take this
0: first. Nope, go for it.
1: Okay, so the first thing that I was going to ask is... um, Or I don't I don't know if I have a specific thing with a question mark, but more just like we need to consider this. Uh, I don't know when the gods come back in terms of or what it means for them to come back, like in this late period Avum Tertius stuff, Um, you know, and then on the other side of that, maybe it's. I don't know, maybe that the because the boundaries of reality are sort of falling apart, the gods try to take advantage of that. And it's like the borders between the heavens and the materium are weakened or something. Like, because the borders between maybe all realms are weakened. It might be what makes it easier for the uh, like the howling void to tear open and into reality.
0: I think so. So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, OK, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to accept that for now as like a that's why we see so much more divine activity during this relatively short period. As the gods do what they can to try and help m- the materium. And I think people interpret that as the gods saving them. Right. And in a way they are, but I think it's maybe more that like the gods are more focused on closing up all the rifts everywhere, not just in the materium, but sort of across all realms. And so they're sending angels everywhere that they can. And I think there is
0: this legitimate fear underlying it of like, is this the nameless one making their move?
1: I have an idea.
0: Go for it. A kind of truce. Between
1: the absential realms that aren't related to, uh, what, Osteos, right? The, the realm of the aberrants, the devilian and, and, and demonic. demonic gods, who, because like the, the problems from their own house, right? I think on some level they see like there is now an imbalance between all of them. And now tears. God of us, uh, or the, you know, the, uh, the mute of Abste- uh, Osteos, <laughs> Tears, let's try that again, Tears the mute of, uh, 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 third time's the charm, Tears the mute of Osteos, who is seen oftentimes as sort of like a, a you know, the high priest of, of the nameless one is now responsible for a bunch of shit. And so, like, maybe during this very short period in time, we actually see, I don't know if you'd say demons and devils working uh, together with angels, but maybe a little bit. But what we feel like you maybe definitely see is that they're coordinated. Like, they're actually working together because this tearing open of reality doesn't just threaten the materium or even the ethereum. Like, the absentium is, is threatened and falling apart, too, which means, like, what happens to the the mutes. And I'm not necessarily saying they all have to, you know, gang up against Tears, but I do think that this, like, event permanently changes those relationships. I don't think they talk to mu- uh, Tears much after that. I don't, I don't know, what do you they think they of the idea between, like, a, think... a, a a mute, or a, 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 a truce between the two?
0: I think that maybe there's definitely, after the second casualty, this, um, this realization among the Devilian forces that, like, oh shit, Tears is actually... Actually true to his role, the most frightening thing in existence.
1: Maybe it wasn't really even known what Tears was up to because almost nobody ever saw him. There was kind of this idea that maybe uh he was dabbling in powers that were unknown to the rest. Yes, for sure. Could have been anything. It might not have been Absentium stuff, it might have been or uh aberration stuff, it might have been I don't know, maybe he's working with, you know, physical things like the primordium. And that's what's the problem, you know, because we're not supposed to do material things, right? We're only supposed to do spiritual things or some shit like that.
0: It is definitely true that for a very long time, the devils and the demons were like, or, you know, they were like, what this doing? And how can we under- how can we get his power too? because he's not doing what we're doing to get power. And he has just mm-hmm. as much power, if not more than we do.
1: Yes, and I think that the other mutes, in the very rare times when they were all getting together in the same room, I think Tears, I'm starting to wonder if maybe Tears was almost never there. Uh, and even if they were, they were silent and unseeable. And like, occasionally, one of, the, one of the other mutes might go and try and enter into Asteos to meet with Tears. But, like, I mean, we have already established that, uh, that, that uh, uh, Tears has no need for speech, right? It's not that they necessarily yeah. can't talk, but he just doesn't. Um, because he just puts in your mind the knowledge that he decides he wants to, you know, like, that he has communicated with you. Anyways, not to get too far afield with all of this, but to say, I mean, I think during this period it could be interesting that, like, this dawn is present... Maybe they even came with some really powerful archdevils or something if they were suspicious about the dingir, or maybe not. Maybe it was just the gods were like, well, we don't know if this is, you know, the absentiums doing. So we'd rather not share this bit of information with them. But there's maybe some maneuvering going on there. But I mean, if it was that there was some sort of. Absential forces there it could really fuck with the sense of, like, what are they devoting themselves to, right? They get this really, like, mixed idea of we, you know, amplify the presence of this region, but also there's kind of this civilian thing that, you know, the true, you know, there's maybe, like, a cult that exists within the city. Ooh, that's I like, like that. The truth ab- behind it is the Solar wasn't the one... Oh, my God. The Dawn wasn't the one who saved the city, they only did it because there was some demonic forces present or something like that and the, who helped them and actually was able to figure out how to defeat the the aberrant or something.
0: So I think I think that um, most likely Devilian, because uh, the demons are kind of hard to reason with. Uh, they can be some of them can be, but it's like much easier to make deals with the devil. Right, right.
1: Or um, it could be a thing where it's like, but maybe they had leashed demons. Yeah, I, I don't know because so. like That's part of, part of it is I don't think a solar would want to work do, with don, any of these. Don. Oh my god, a don! I don't know that a, a don would like willingly even. I mean, if a regent told them to do it, they have no choice, right? They are yeah. going to do it. Um, this probably would be seen as a highly unusual thing. Plus, yes. I will say that if it was either devils or demons, that could be the fall guy for why this uh, this dawn. Failed. failed at their mission, and it's the one time where they tried it, and never again. They're yep. never ever going to do like. Maybe this is what kind of dissolves a truce. This could be relatively late in the second casualty, and they say, you know what, fuck it. That was a terrible idea. a Matter of fact, maybe we don't do this anymore. And it's like this sort of is maybe the first domino in what eventually results in in them dissolving any truce that they had, even for this time being.
0: Also, future Frank or current Frank, note this down investigate the connection between the illithid and tears because that's big that's huge oh shit you're right we've talked about tears putting stuff in people's minds he's obviously involved with the psychic stuff and the illithid are aberrations
1: right and also like i don't know that they come from locusts right like there's the astral sea or whatever or astral plane in forgotten realms i think that our version of the illithid might have a different origin.
0: Their origin is like all aberrations. They originate from the Howling Void.
1: Right, but it might be Howling Void by way of some other realm or some other interaction. There's maybe a history there. Like, maybe they were fashioned by uh, Tears for a purpose, right? Like, yes. they're, they originally started as... Or there's, like, a, a, a type of entity that is akin to... But are more like the slaved version of them that Tears uses to carry out their bidding. And then when they finally, you know, some of them got free or something, but they're still fucked up creations of, you know, yes. uh, of Osteos. <gasps> oh my God. Oh my God. I know this is not what we're talking about. And I really do want to, like, bring it home with, you know, coming back to the scars of divinity. But, dude, I think I just. Okay, what about this? <laughs> We've talked about this before a little bit that, you know, the Eldrazi of magic colorless. I was always really found the idea of angels getting corrupted by aberrant energies, very appealing. And so the idea of, you know, we kind of had this for a while, this idea of a Citadel, and I think it's maybe still out there somewhere um, in Osteos that is a result of the, you know, war between the Ethereum and absentium what if it was some of the house of legion that were disappearing for a while of this of this place and it was an already a known thing that things could get mutated or whatever um if they spend too much time in osteos and so there's like you know kind of you do your 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 rotation or whatever they call that um out in there and then you, maybe you're called back to be healed or inspected or possibly dismantled if you're too much corruption what if tears was collecting angels to experiment on to then maybe the Ilithid actually have their origin in that their angels that have been corrupted in specific ways by tears to turn them into his servants and Ooh. some of them got free and so they have this really like mired history i can dig it <laughs> that'd be kind of cool that'd be maybe a little cool
0: it would be cool
1: and it also kind of explains why they have more of a humanoid form than the majority of any other aberration is because true. they kind of were human a little bit or not human, but they were humanoid. Yeah. So anyways, let's bring it home though. Uh, I think I feel really good about kind of so much of what we figured out so far, but let's, let's settle back on this idea of the scar, right? It clearly, like there are some very clear ways where we have, talked about the gratitude of the people. It's not super clear cut, right? Because there is this idea that the that the, the gods saved them, and they kind of did, right? They, like, actually did save the, the people. They weren't exactly there to save them in the first place, yes. but it was a consequence. The gods considered this to be a failure. The mortals considered it to be a success. A truce was dissolved, and you end up with, like, a quote-unquote sixth mecca where, like, some of the people of it actually are sort of this cult underbelly who say it was actually devilian forces that saved us not angelic ones or there's this you know mute or arch demon or devil or whatever that we actually worship and this other this angel is only just in you know this this dawn is only in service to them
0: yeah I feel I pretty good that. about that yeah is there I... any
1: is there anywhere else that you want to take it or like lore bits or whatever mm. I'm okay with leaving the dingiers as a loose end for now. I think we can kind of chew on that one. Yes. Like, does the dawn that. return to, you know, the regents? Maybe they're a wayward dawn. Maybe they never come back, right? It's, and it's seen as a failure that they, you know, there's suspicions that a new archdevil is like born around the same time. And so people think that maybe this, like the, the dawn is that. Maybe they think they start to conflate like another dusk with this dawn. Maybe they go off and just kind of fight the fights of Avum Cortis all over the world, right? But they continue to do it maybe from alongside this dingier or inspired or changed by this dingier. Maybe the dingier forsakes the rest of the other dingier and goes their own way or maybe neither happens but you know you sort of end up with both of them being affected by this interaction
0: i think i think i prefer the latter they're both affected by this the dawn returns Mm -hmm. to the regions and then must do some atonement for their failure or something like this and that's Mm -hmm. where we see whatever this dawn like doing other stuff which is like weird and not usual is because of this Mm -hmm. atonement they have to do but
1: I will say I don't think that the uh, the the gods necessarily like refer to it as an atonement. I think they might see it as a we need to tune or debug. Um, And so they have them going to do all these things as a way of like, yes, like I I love the idea of a a Don being sent out there and like ending up in really weird situations because they're like, oh, well, this one will help sort of undo your bad code in this way or whatever. And like whether it works or not, whether the gods are actually like correct in their evaluation of this way, it ends up being a really interesting story where you have this dawn that is basically out of commission until it gets like repaired. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I think all of it's really solid. I don't know if I have anything to add there.
0: Uh, I think there's one last thing we can do. Yeah. What do you got? What is the dawn? Whose dawn is it? Which region?
1: I had kind of played with the idea of throwing out there, what if it was Pasha's dawn? Yeah. Because at this time, Pasha becomes sort of like scuttled and uh, uh, since since peace is no more. And maybe this is, in a weird way, this city, because of its devotion to Pasha, is uh, an interesting and strange element during Avon Cordis, because it's one of the few places where, even if the people don't necessarily hold together for real there is a sense of adhesion or, or sticking to that as like a we must live by peace and our. I mean I don't I don't know if I necessarily want to inflict on anybody the quote-unquote true pacifism where they won't lift a finger even to defend themselves but like, yeah because mostly because I feel like that's just sort of a really like shallow understanding of that philosophy but I don't know it does happen
0: and I, and I would push back a little bit more and say, like, you know, I think there's a kind of very extreme pacifism in, like, Jesus, for sure. That's so true. I think that, like, it's it like that philosophy is like very, very important in the development of, or maybe That's should be fair. important in the development of Judeo Christianity, or at least Christianity yeah. specifically.
1: That is actually true. I mean, the they, they say that the the church was found, like you know, was built on the, the sacrifices of the of the early adopters. Now, whether that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, you cannot deny the presence of the church as being an institution that absolutely changed the world, right? Like, I think that that you know, for what it's worth, is is not nothing. Um, yeah, and I and I
0: kind of want to use. We could Pasha. also roll for
1: it. I was going to say.
0: Yeah, we could also roll for it. I kind of want to use Pasha to push my, like, weird uh, agenda of Jesus was an extreme pacifist, and that, like, Mm -hmm. all of the eons of Christian... Like, the thousand years of Christendom that were all horribly violent or just a a massive affront to Jesus' teachings. I quite like talking about that.
1: Uh Yeah,
0: totally. And that, like, you know, the current ridiculous american understanding of like i'm a christian gun manufacturer is like
1: what the fuck (laughs) it's
0: (laughs) It's like i think you just like gave jesus an aneurysm in heaven somehow
1: Mm -hmm. have you there's a there's tiktoks going around i don't know if they were originally tiktoks or like youtube videos or whatever but it's uh i think it's a gop jesus uh and it's it's basically like they take all of the different like beatitudes or whatever stuff and then just see like what the GOP's version of Jesus would have done in this situation. And it's very funny. There's like the like loaves that. and fishes and Jesus uh, sees them and he's like uh, you know, they're like, oh, all we could find is like, you know, you know, three loaves and two fishes or whatever it was. And he's like, oh, great. This is for me. And then it like walks away and just starts eating. <laughs> they're like, uh, okay. <laughs> all right. Talks about fucking alien uh, you know, uh, you know, like xenophobia and stuff. Okay. We could do Pasha. What if we just rolled for it and see if we like it more? And if we don't like it more, we'll stick to Pasha.
0: Roll roll a D9, Frank.
1: (laughs) All right, I got my D9 right here. Uh, That's a seven. That's Gade's place. Joy.
0: That feels weird.
1: It does feel weird. So let's see. Some of the things that would be associated with that. I don't know. Bringing joy you have celebration, you have like fighting for a better tomorrow, but it's not necessarily like a warrior people. They are willing to be confrontational. A lot of, yeah, definitely not necessarily like peering inward at the self sort of a, a can be afraid of what's inside or what's, what's deeper in. And so there could be some, uh, an angle we could pull on there with like sort of the dawn being changed by this interaction. I don't like Frank. I want to re-roll. I mean, I think we just go with Pasha. I, oh. I, I feel like I like the idea of a warrior of peace more than anything else. Um, And maybe this is, is a
0: part of the, like...
1: A paradox, right? Like, that's kind of part of it, right? As you fight for peace, are they carrying a sword or are they not? You know? What does that mean?
0: I th- And I think maybe this is a part of their, like, quote-unquote atonement, is Pasha's, like, disappointed at the violence that has occurred.
1: Mmm. Mm-hmm. They're sort of like a... You know, it's not necessarily against your programming, if you will, to not fight, or to fight. Like, you can do it if you absolutely must, but the way that you used it it was a violation of sort of the the spirit of the law, if not the letter.
0: Yeah, or something like, what you did was necessary, but you are still, like... And I wouldn't change a thing, right?
1: Like Pasha might mm-hmm. even say, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have sent you to do anything differently. You did it as I instructed. Nevertheless, you still need to be changed and fixed.
0: Yeah, because, like, you know, violence changes you. Violence hurts you. And you need, to, you, need to be reco- you need to recover after performing violence. Because any kind of violence, maybe, even if it is righteous violence, even if it is necessary violence, it still fucks you up. And that applies right, well, into, my, that buys into my crazy extreme Jesus <laughs> passivity thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I like it, man. I'm down. I'm, hey, I don't think it's I don't think it's that crazy. Um, all right. Well, oh, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good it. evidence
0: for this, Frank. I'm not I'm not bringing this out of fucking nowhere.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Um, we should probably call it, though. Yeah,
0: yeah we should do before I, before I piss off more of our, our Christian friends.
1: Oh, my God. Let's see. Yeah, OK,
0: thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, don't hesitate to share this with others. Feel free to rate and review us on the podcasting platform of your choice.
1: For references to previous episodes and other fun links, refer to the podcast description. You can find our Twitter and email there, perfect for asking questions on things you'd like to he- to us to cover in a future episode.
0: Thanks as always to Josh, the Soapman Silker, for the Land of Heroes theme, and to Sam Wade for the album art. You can find Sam at By Sam Wade on Twitter and Instagram.
1: We are capping off each episode. This, uh, I guess, maybe just in general. Also, because I was like, man, maybe if Book of True Feather ever, ever dies out, we just ask Chat GPT to to give us some give us some spiritual wisdom. And see how that goes. But uh, yeah, that's AI religion bot on Twitter. Um, so, uh, Keeper of the Peace uh, Carter, what excerpt do you have for us?
0: Uh, it's, a, it's a good one. The last of the great spirits will be born from the void. When they're old enough to remember how to kill, they will do so.
1: Holy shit. That's, that is, that's a, maybe an all-timer, man. That's good.
0: It's, it's fucking good. I like how and until next think. time. Don't forget there are always more Cthulhus to Dulu.
1: More Governors of the f- functions of reality to turn into the god cops. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Where well, does the witness away, Frank?
1: Oh God! You know, for the longest time, I thought they had just made a like a third movie. It was just Return of the King with like a fucking musical episode, yeah, or musical bit. That was it. I didn't know that there was two other ones in yep. addition to The Hobbit.
0: Yep. We don't. Do you know about Ralph Bakshi, today. the guy who
1: uh, who did those? I don't know. Okay, there's a uh, video essay by Folding Ideas that is specifically about Bakshi and his work and his involvement with. The Tolkien Estate. And it's very interesting. Uh, You see some of his other stuff. I don't know if you've heard of... um, Is it Fritz the Cat? No. It's, I think, one of eight or nine movies that is rated X uh, in existence. And he's the one who did it. Shit. Yeah, it's like... Like, rated X is not really... Like, I think there's probably... I think NC-17 stuff is probably sometimes raunchier than Rated X. Rated X was just a thing in, like, the 70s or 80s as a way of saying, like, hey, this isn't for kids. And then they, like, got real wild about it and were like, oh, hell yeah. This makes a for a really good, like, you know, advertising, right? It's a Rated X movie. It's absolute trash. But, yeah, it's like an animated... I think it's Fritz. I can't remember the actual name of the cat. But, yeah, it's like a Rated X animated movie about a dude like a cat who just like really is horny all the time and gets high. And,
0: and I was just going to point out that, uh, you know, it makes sense that there'd be musical bits in Lord of the Rings films because the book is filled with songs and poems. Oh, that's true. I mean, I wonder if Bakshi was playing off that. I'm probably, I mean, you know, and I'm sure the source material for of the cats was musical as well. He's probably just, that's what he does.
1: I mean, he was a total hippie who was totally reading like pipe weed and shit as like weed weed. Um, so, you know, there's that. OK, we should we should start proper, though.
0: Oh, I thought you said that we we're not going to do an amble, Frank. Why have you tricked Hey, me? You just
1: kept talking. You just kept talking, man. I was yeah, just talking blame to you for this. Uh, oh, and guess who's saving it over Keeper's template again? Well, I guess I'm going to have to do a save as after this. OK.